Hello, and welcome to Meet Your District Supervisor. I'm Nona Melkonian, and we're here with Supervisor David Campos from District 9, which includes the Mission District and Bernal Heights. Supervisor Campos was elected to the board in November of 2008. We're going to get to know him and talk about the toughest issues facing the city. Welcome, Supervisor, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. So tell us a little about your background, where you grew up and went to school, and the kind of jobs you worked. Sure. Uh, I was born in Guatemala and uh, came to this country as a kid. Uh, I was brought here by my parents and essentially grew up in L.A. and then moved up to the Bay Area when I went to college. I went to Stanford and then came back after law school. Uh, and uh, my background for the first few years out of school was a practicing attorney. I worked for uh, in the private sector for a number of years. And then I went and worked for the city as a deputy city attorney and then became general counsel of the school district here in San Francisco. And through that, became involved in politics and at some point decided to, to run for office. You lived in San Francisco for a while. Why did you make that choice to live here? I, you know, I've always uh, felt that San Francisco was unique and I just fell in love with the city the way that so many of us uh, who live in San Francisco many of whom are from somewhere else. Uh, I think that San Francisco really represents, you know, the best uh, that this country has to offer. It's a place that welcomes people from all over the world, from all over the country, and uh, it's a, pra a place that not only, you know, tolerates but actually embraces diversity. Uh, it's uh, a place that is very forward-thinking, in terms of how it looks at issues and uh, it's just, you know, it's, it always felt like home and I felt that uh, as a, a gay Latino man that this was a place where I could be uh, happy. Why did you get involved in politics? What motivated you? You know, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with my being an immigrant. Uh, I am very grateful uh, for all the opportunities that this country has given me. Uh, you know, only in this country could someone like me uh, have an opportunity to go from having nothing to, you know, go to Stanford, go to Harvard Law School, and to be an attorney. And uh, it really is a way of giving back. Uh, I really believe that when you are blessed with the opportunities that this country gives you, that you have an obligation to give back. I, I really believe in public service. I could be in the private sector and make a lot of money, uh, but I believe that I have a duty to try to make things better for other people and to pay back uh, to a country that has given me so much. And looking back a few years to your campaign for supervisor, sure. um, what lessons did you walk away with after that experience? Was there anything that surprised you? Well, I think the first lesson is how lucky we are to live in San Francisco, how lucky I am to represent District 9, which, as you indicated, includes Bernal Heights, the Mission. It also includes the Portola District. And it's such a diverse uh, district and such a rich district in so many different respects. And uh, getting to know the people of the district through the campaign and now uh, doing the job of a supervisor has been the most rewarding experience. Uh, it is really remarkable how amazing our neighborhoods are, how amazing its people are, and, uh, and it's been a great experience. Uh, I don't know that I fully understood 
the richness of, of this district until I was actually on the campaign trail talking to so many people. And now as a supervisor, I see it every day. Uh, and, you know, I see that there are many challenges, especially in these tough economic times, but I also see that there is so much potential, uh, so many amazing people, and that we at city government really have an opportunity uh, to address so many problems and to make so many things better. Uh, the campaign was a learning experience on so many levels beyond that. I think you learn something about yourself when you're putting yourself out there. Uh, through the political process, and uh, I was very lucky that uh, I had that opportunity because where I come from, uh, something as basic as free democratic elections, that's a luxury, and uh, you know, to be able to participate in the democratic process uh, is something that it is quite amazing and remarkable, and I think that you don't fully appreciate it uh, if you've had it all your life, but as someone who came from a place where that was impossible, uh, I think that I have a, a, a unique appreciation for it. So it, w it was a really exciting thing to do. Where would you place yourself now on the political spectrum? Are you more to the left, closer to the right? You know, I think that the labels can mean a lot of different things. Uh, I, you know, see myself as someone who ultimately is trying to uh, make things better for people. Uh, I have a progressive outlook in terms of how I see things. Uh, and, and by progressive, I mean the sense that we have to make government and make the city work for everyone. Uh, and that means that it's not just those who are doing well, it's also those who are not doing so well, those who have the least. But it also means making sure that the city works for the middle class and and to think of innovative ways of addressing issues uh, and to not be afraid to think outside the box you know and that's what I see as as being progressive in that sense uh, but ultimately I think that if there is a guiding principle that that governs how I approach government is that I, I believe in good government I believe in in transparency I believe in uh, accountability. I believe in making sure that we follow best practices and uh, I think that's something that oftentimes transcends the left, the middle, the the right. I think it's it's uh, it goes beyond that uh, and that's why you know as a supervisor I focus so much on contracts and how the city spends its money uh, which is not traditionally a progressive issue uh, but I believe that we have an obligation to make every penny count uh, and to make sure that we are making the most with the very limited resources we have. Let's talk a little about the issues facing San Francisco. What do you feel are some of the biggest issues facing the city right now? Well, clearly the uh, budget and the economy uh, is a huge issue and it has to be a priority for everyone. Uh, and uh, we are still going through a very tough economic time. Uh, we are still uh, not where we need to be in terms of job, job creation and economic development. Uh, but I, I think we are very lucky that we live in San Francisco uh, because it's a very innovative place. Uh, so government, I think, has to work with uh, a lot of different folks, uh, not only the business community, but also community uh, groups,
to see how we can, you know, create uh, economic development that works for every San Franciscan. Uh, so I think that's that remains a big issue, and of course, balancing the budget is going to be a priority, has to be a priority, and we will do that. We've done that time and time again. Public safety is also something that we're uh, very uh, interested in and has to be a priority because if, if you don't have public safety, nothing else works. Uh, so one of the, the things that we're really focusing on is trying to uh, focus on how policing works in San Francisco. Uh, I used to be a, a member of the police commission, and as a member of the police commission, I learned that the most effective uh, policing is the policing where you have the police and the community working together. That as important that it is important to have police officers on the street and having that police presence, but at the same time, there has to be a connection between the police and the community. And so that, that requires focusing also on violence prevention. Uh, right now, we're in the mission dealing with a spike in gang activity. And uh, I think that you have to balance the very important work of the police with the very important uh, violence prevention work that uh, uh, w violence prevention workers are doing on the ground. Uh, so public safety is something that we're going to keep pushing on, and we are now trying to create a definition of community policing that recognizes that policing should change depending on the neighborhood, but also has some key components throughout the city because we talk about community policing without really knowing what it means. Uh, another big issue for us is public transportation. I think that uh, as a city, you really are defined by how uh, well your public transportation system works or how it doesn't work. And uh, even though we've had a lot of improvements in Muni, uh, I do think that we can do and have to do a lot better. And I think that there are issues in terms of the services that are provided, the reliability of the system. I think that the ridership is rightly frustrated that you know they have been asked to pay a lot more to get less. Uh, I don't think that's right, which is why we have focused on the operational and management piece. And we're also trying to make public transportation accessible to more people. One of the things that we work with other supervisors, like Supervisor McCarimi, but other members of the board and Mayor Lee, is uh, creating a pilot program so that we have free muni passes for some of the lowest income students in the public schools, which allows us to make an investment not only in public education, which has to be a priority, but also a long-term investment in our public transportation system because if young people from an early age uh, use the system, the public transportation system, uh, they're going to be committed to public transportation for years to come. And do you feel there are additional um, issues that are just facing your district, in particular to your district, that you haven't mentioned? Well, I think that there are always unique issues that come up, you know, whether you're talking about uh, the Mission, Bernal Heights, uh, the Portola, there are neighborhood-specific issues that you have to focus on. One of the things, for instance, that, that we have worked on in Bernal Heights, uh, it's the issue of protecting uh, a mural uh, around the, the public, public library on Cortland. Uh, which is an issue that raised a lot of other things. Uh, it was, in many respects, uh, it led to a larger discussion in terms of who we are as a community. And some people wanted to, to preserve the mural. Others uh, wanted to uh, get rid of the mural. 
and we believe in dialogue and so we brought together through a mediation everyone involved so that we could come to an understanding of what our common ground what what, what our common ground was and and to see if we could agree uh, to certain basic things and we were able to come up with a solution uh, that really made sense for the entire community uh, and in a sense I think reflected uh, larger issues that are impacting the city as a whole, you know, gentrification and other pressures. And, uh, and so there are issues like that one that require a knowledge of the neighborhood, a knowledge of what's happening on the ground, and knowing that there are differences in how Bernal Heights may look at an issue vis-a-vis -vis the mission uh, Portola. And the, the same can be said of, of, of other places as well, of other neighborhoods. And so as a supervisor, you have to be able to balance, you know, managing citywide issues, which, are, which is very important, but at the same time focusing on the specific needs of your neighborhood. And that's really important to us. And one of the things that we prioritize is making sure uh, that as much as we can, that we focus on the nuts and bolts of government. Uh, a lot of the, the calls we get involve fixing a light on a street, fixing a pothole. I think it's really important to make sure that we get those things right and we try to work very closely with city agencies to make sure that government is responsive because if we don't do those those things right, those little things which in the end are actually big things in the life of a neighborhood. Right. And how will you balance both the needs of your district with the needs of the city as a whole? I think it's possible to do that. I think that even though we have district wide I mean district elections and we each supervisor, each of the 11 represents a specific district. I think that uh, district elections still allows you to deal with larger issues. And uh, we feel that uh, we certainly have demonstrated that uh, as a board uh, and individual supervisors have demonstrated that. One of the pieces of legislation that we worked on uh, last year that we're very proud of is the Health Services Master Plan, which is legislation uh, that for the first time has a city like San Francisco thinking about the health, the health needs of the city as a whole. And not only of the city as a whole, but also of individual neighborhoods. Uh, because right now there is no mechanism for us to know what the healthcare needs of the city are going to be in the next couple of years or long term. And so making sure that as we do planning and other things that, that we think strategically about the needs citywide and also neighborhood by neighborhood and we were able to do that and pass that legislation uh, as a district elected supervisor even though this is legislation that impacts the entire city and that will impact the future of health care in San Francisco for many years to come so I think it's I think it's possible to do both it's difficult but it's definitely possible and let's talk a little about the budget because once again um, the city's faced with some tough budget decisions including where to make cuts and whether or not to increase fees and taxes. How will you approach these tough choices? Well, I think that the, the thing about the budget is that the budget is the most important policy document that a city can pass because it really uh, reflects the, the priorities that you have as city government. I believe that uh, we have to be creative in how we look at the issue of the budget. Uh, it's important for me that certain things happen. I think that public safety has to be a priority in the budget. 
that public safety cannot be compromised uh, to, to save a few dollars. But I think that public safety goes beyond just funding the police department and funding the fire department, as important as that is. I think it also includes funding violence prevention programs, funding after-school programs so that young people have something to do after school, funding the, the rec and park pro, uh, department so that there are recreational opportunities for young people uh, during the summer or after school, uh, because if you don't do that, then that will have implications on public safety. I think the safety net as a whole has to be protected because if we don't do that, we're creating more problems that in the, in the long run are gonna be even more costly. Uh, so I think that we have, to, uh, we have to think about it in a very strategic way. I think it's important to protect the safety net. I think that we have to find efficiencies uh, in terms of where we can do things better. I think the issue of overtime is something that we have to continue to monitor uh, and make sure that we reduce overtime costs as much as possible. Uh, but I also believe that there is only so much that you can cut in terms of balancing this budget that you have to think of creative ways, innovative ways of injecting revenue into the system. Uh, and I think that we need to think about revenue options and it's a conversation that I think we need to have with all of the stakeholders. Uh, you know, we have been cutting and cutting and cutting uh, for the last uh, few years. And, you know, I always say, you know, uh, it's gotten to a point where we have cut the fat, we've cut the, the muscle, we're now cutting the bone. How deep can you go? And so we have to be, uh, I think, realistic and recognize that we're not going to cut our way out of this budget uh, challenge. We're also not going to tax our way out of it either. So it has to be a balanced approach that recognizes that you have to do more with what you, what you have, but you also have to think of ways of injecting revenue into the system. And you mentioned public safety as a key issue. Let's talk a little about that and um, the issue of crime in yes. your district. Yes. What is happening with crime? Well, we have been lucky in the sense that for the last couple of years, crime has gone down in the city. But we have seen, at least today, we're talking about uh, early March. We have, in the last few days, seen a number of shootings in the Mission especially, uh, which are very alarming. And uh, we have an increase in uh, gang activity in that neighborhood. And uh, I think that we have to be very proactive uh, about this. Uh, that means that we have to increase police resources uh, so that people understand that we're not going to tolerate uh, violent crime. You know, there's no excuse for someone shooting someone else. Uh, and at the same time, we also have to think about long-term, what's our strategy for uh, preventing some of this crime. And, uh, you know, when it comes to gang activity, I think that there are things that you can do on the ground, violence prevention work, to change the lives of some of these young people, those who do want to, to, to make a better, lives, uh, better life for themselves. Uh, I think that for some of them, uh, if you give them opportunities, that, that they can really turn their lives around. Uh, but I think it's important to engage the community. Uh, you have to make sure that, that you create an atmosphere where people feel safe 
And I think that to feel safe, they have to feel that they're in partnership with the police department. Uh, I give a lot of credit to, to our current interim chief, uh, Godown, for reaching out to the community uh, and to Mayor Lee also for putting in the resources needed to keep our neighborhood safe. Uh, but that's where I think community policing really comes in. Uh, having police officers on the ground, police officers who understand the neighborhoods, who are connected with the people who live there, who are not afraid to get out of their car, or their patrol car, and actually walk down the street and interact with the merchants, interact with the residents. Uh, having that visibility uh, is important. But there are other strategies. As a, as a former police commissioner, I know that something as basic as the lighting in a street can make a difference in terms of how safe a street is. Uh, so doing that uh, is something that we have to do. But public safety transcends just what happens in individual neighborhoods on the ground. You have to focus on Muni. You know, uh, public transportation, people have to feel safe on our buses. So you have to have strategies around that. So it's a complicated issue, but it's something that we have to focus on because, as I said before, if public safety doesn't work, nothing else works. And let's talk a little about um, transportation yes. and Muni. How is Muni doing? Is there enough Muni service? One of the things that we did last year and that I, I was very proud to be involved in that, uh, to push for that, was to restore some of the service cuts that were made. Uh, Muni made uh, a 10% service cut uh, across the board, which was very significant, and, and it did that after uh, increasing fares. And again, for a lot of people who ride Muni, you know, a lot of us felt, you know, here we are, we're paying more and we're getting less. So we worked through the transportation, uh, the county transportation authority to help restore at least half of those cuts. So about 5% or about 6% uh, was restored. Uh, but that's not enough. We need to do more. We need to do more to make sure that uh, this, the system is uh, as reliable as possible. Uh, I do think that we have to focus on best practices and how the uh, agency is managed. It's an $800 million operation, and one of the things that we started last year is that we called for a management audit. Uh, a management audit looks at how an agency is being run, whether or not it's, it's, it's uh, following best practices. It's trying to bring some common sense into the uh, operations of a city agency. And Muni actually hadn't had a management audit in almost, uh, 14, in almost 15 years. So that's a long time for uh, an, op uh, an operation of $800 million to go without a management audit. We're now going through the second phase of the audit, uh, which is going to come out uh, very shortly because we do want to look at, at best practices. Uh, I think that we also need to look at uh, our investment in the system. Part of the problem is a lack of reliability in, in what we have, whether it's our buses, uh, whether it's uh, what happens uh, at some of the, the, the stations, what happens at some of the, uh, you know, repair, uh, the, the repair areas, that there's a sense that we're not investing enough capital into the system which is why, you know, we have buses that break down or, or trains that derail. And uh, it's important for us to make that kind of investment. Uh, you know, San Francisco should have the best public transportation system in the world. And we don't right now. And so we have to think of ways of making it better. And, and that's going to continue to be a big priority for us.
Well, we're almost out of time, but before we wrap up our conversation, are there any other issues um, that you plan to concentrate on throughout your term as supervisor? Well, uh, something else that we're working on is, again, following best practices. We're introducing a charter amendment because one of the things that we, we've seen is that our trash, trash collection contract hasn't been competitively bid uh, for almost 80 years. Uh, and I don't think that's a best practice. Uh, the company that currently does it does a really good job, but there is nothing wrong with injecting some competition because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the ratepayer in San Francisco gets the best deal possible and the best uh, service possible, and uh, competition allows us uh, to confirm that. Well, thank you so much, Supervisor Campos, for joining us today on TV's Meet Your District Supervisor. Thank you. We've been talking to Supervisor David Compos from District 9. Watch for the next episode of Meet Your District Supervisor when we'll be back with another one of our 11 city supervisors. For SFGov TV, I'm Nona Melkonian.